0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Therese, and (laughs) y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is entitled impossible. Here we go. For you to believe that I am easily deceived, that you can continue to blind me with your lack of integrity is impossible. Simply impossible. I see right through you. All the crazy things you do. You think that is cool. I'm not a fool. You won't get away with this game that you're playing. It's impossible. Simply impossible. One of these days, you will open your eyes. The promises that you break by speaking those lies. The ones that you've hurt. By doing your dirt, you think you've gotten away, but you haven't. It's impossible, simply impossible. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. However, I wanted to talk about how do you deal with rejection So when I'm looking over and I love to look over my life and one of the reasons why is because I feel like my life is all telling to me when I'm able to look and see how is it that I handled rejection in my teenage years, then in my twenties, then in my thirties and honey, now in my forties, how is it that I've dealt with rejection? And what I've come to realize is that that is something that you typically have to grow into, where you start to embrace the nose. I know that there's a network marketing company that I work for, and I love this company. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody has their own niche. Everybody has the things that they love. And this is one of the things that I love. And one of the assignments that we were given was to go for 50 no's. And of course, a lot of us were like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Like, we're going to voluntarily go for being rejected? Like, how does that even work? And what it was, it was giving us the ability to turn a no into a yes. And so... As we were getting trained on this, what we started to learn was that a lot of times there are people where their immediate response is no. I think of a time where I actually heard a manager state to me that um, every time that I would come to him with an idea, his immediate response would be no. Later on, he went to explain that because, of course... You know, that left a question mark like, oh, so tell me how you really feel. So later on, he went to explain that. And what he said later on was what I meant by that is that I typically say no, not necessarily just to you, although I was speaking to you at the time. um, But my normal response is no, because I like to play the devil's advocate. I actually like to see how are you going to approach the no? Are you going to just give up with that no, or are you going to keep pressing until I say yes? And I was like, mm, very, very interesting. I also recall another incident where I was going for an interview, and the man that was interviewing me, as he was interviewing, actually that's ironic because it's for the the it's for the company that I currently work for, but um, as he was interviewing me he pretended. Now, mind you, I didn't know he was pretending at all, but he kept interrupting me while I was telling him about my job history. And he was like, oh, I got a phone call. Oh, give me a moment. Oh, I'll be right back. Oh, I got to take this. And he kept doing this. And so when the third or fourth time when he came back and I just picked up where we left off, he looked at me and said, you're hired. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, "Um, thank you, you know, for the opportunity. And he said, let me tell you why I'm hiring you. And I was like, okay. And he said, because I did everything I could to distract you and to cause you to get frustrated and to cause you to get upset and to cause you to be angry. But you did none of those things. You were so poised even when you were being interrupted. You were so poised, even when I kept leaving the room. You were poised, even when you knew that this was the time that you were supposed to interview. And yet I ended up postponing the interview for an additional five minutes just to see how you would respond. And you passed all of those tests. And I thanked him and I'm still at that company Over six and a half years. Well over six years actually. And so. When I think about that. I think about how often. Are we rejected. How often. When we are looking at. A goal. And we're like. I really, 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 really want to meet this goal. Like every fiber of my being. Wants to have this right here. And then. All of our efforts appear to be in vain because it doesn't manifest the way we want it to. It doesn't happen the way we desire for it to happen. It doesn't come into fruition how quickly we would want it to come into fruition. And so when I was younger, I remember internalizing rejection to the point that I would become angry, to the point that I would throw a temper tantrum and wouldn't wanna speak to anyone and it would take me forever to process rejection. I would just have an attitude. I would not want to, like, I just wouldn't wanna, I just wasn't myself. I was just angry or it was me, but it was just the angrier version of me. And so that was when I was younger. As I've gotten older and as I've deepened my relationship with God, because I seek him in every facet of my life, when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to my relationships, when it comes to my profession, when it comes to money management, when it comes to running my households, like I'm parenting all of that. Um, I take time out now to truly seek his face when it comes to friendships, when it comes to acquaintances, business colleagues, all of that. I'm constantly seeking his face. And I believe that because there has been a shifting in my mindset, because there has been a shifting in how it is that I deal with everyday life, because there's been a shifting in how it is that I deal with things that would normally tick people off. I just have a different mindset now. Things that like, because I, and I think maybe it's because I am starting to, I've learned people along the way. And I've truly adopted the, when people show you who they are, believe them. I've truly adopted that. I didn't always adopt that. I was very, very naive. I was very, very gullible in the sense of no they're just having a bad day today that's not really who they are or no they like me because they smile no like I've learned that no there is such a thing as nice nasty and nice nasty is when you are smiling the whole time while you are going for the jugular Nice nasty is when you are literally looking at the person and in your mind, only hateful thoughts are in their minds, but the reality is, or only hateful hateful thoughts are in your mind, but the reality is you really are just looking like you're nice but you can't stand the person that you're speaking to. You can't stand the person that you're dealing with. And so you are being cordial. You are being amicable, but you really are just being nice, nasty. You just don't really care for that individual and so you may say certain things to try to see if you can get a rise out of them you may do certain things to see if you can get a rise out of them you may operate in such a way just to see if you can get a rise out of them and all of it is because you're really being driven by the nasty side of you although you're coming across as being innocent as a dove and oh so sweet And oh, so nice. It's a front. It's a front. And so once you start to recognize nice, nasty people, once you start to pay attention to their conversations, once you start to notice the the darts that are being thrown at you while they're smiling, once you start to recognize those things, then you are able to see rejection in a different facet. And so I believe that because I have been in positions where there are people that didn't necessarily care for me, I wasn't their kind, quote unquote, I've learned how to maneuver in such a way that I see you, but I don't have to be you. Some people will catch that later. And so... It's a part of operating at a higher standard. It's a part of elevating your mindset. It's a part of, it goes beyond never letting them see you sweat. It goes beyond that. It gets to a point where you're like, you know what? When I put it in its proper perspective, Although I see all that it is that you are attempting to do. For some people, they try to break your spirit because some people just really can't believe that after they've taken you through all that they've taken you through, that you're still standing, that you still have joy, that you still have peace, that you still operate in love. Some people have a very hard time accepting your genuine kindness. Some people put themselves in your shoes or try to because they never can. And they try to look at it from their perspective, acting as if if they were you, they would do it differently. And the reality of it is, is that you will never be me. So you could never do it differently if you were me. That's a conversation I literally had with my aunt on yesterday is that that a lot of times people say, if I were you, this is what I would do. And the reality of it is, is that that's a lie because you don't know if you were me, what you would do for the simple fact that you're not me. So to say what you would do, if you were me, it counsels itself out. Because you can never be me. There's only one me. I can never be you. There's only one you. Now, what you could suggest, and maybe that's why we should change how we speak, you could make suggestions of what you would do. But I was telling my son a long time ago, I was telling him that those are the two things that I've picked up on as time has gone on, is that even when people say, What I would do if I were you and what it was another statement that they make is two statements that they make that I told them. I said no matter how you look at that those are those are false statements because they cannot be you and then no one knows what they're going to do until they're actually in that situation. So I know we watch a lot of movies, we watch a lot of television. So when we're watching these movies, we're like, no, if I was her, I would have went left. No, if I was her, I could would have just kept on driving. I wouldn't have stopped for nobody. It's so easy to project that. Because we're watching it unfold. Or whenever someone is telling us their story, we are hearing it unfold. But the reality of it is, is that we don't know what we would do in that given situation. I know that when I was going through a lot of what I was going through in terms of my children, fighting for my children, doing the best I could with my financial situation at that time. It was so easy for people to tell me what they would do in that situation, but they weren't walking in my shoes. They didn't have the battle that I had. They didn't, maybe they had three times more of the finances. Maybe they had a support system where it included lawyers and it included you know, um, police officers. Maybe they had a, just a different dynamic, a different world that they were operating in. Maybe they had people that would contribute to getting them a lawyer. Whatever the situation is, your situation was going to be different than mine because your financial situation was different than mine. And maybe your support network is different than mine. So when I think about even when I'm doing the podcasting, you have people that they have created such a powerful network that they have the editors, they have the people that are able to, you know, stream through all these different social media sites they have the following they have the encouragement they have that that support system to where even if they don't they haven't mastered a certain area there's someone in their network that picks up that part to where it looks as if everything is running smoothly but it's because of who they have Holding their ladder. It's because who they have surrounding them, supporting them, wanting to see them win. Now, everybody doing it may not necessarily want to see them win. They may just want a piece of the pie. But the reality of it is, is that they've created such a network that they've got somebody moving all the parts. As opposed to someone, if they're just doing it by themselves, they're the ones literally having to figure out, Where do I post this? How do I do this? When do I do this? What do I say? You know, there's no one orchestrating it for them or assisting them and doing it for them. So the delivery is going to be a little different. So to say what you would do in a situation when you're technically not in that situation is a false statement. Now, you can you can say what you think you would do. I mean, we all have that right. To say, what, well, this is what I think I would do given the situation. Now, that's fair. Because, you know, you're literally just kind of brainstorming with the person of how can we come to a solution. But to be able to say what I would do if I were you, if I were in that situation, truth is you will never know. Because nine times out of ten, you'll never be in that situation. And if you are in that situation, as you're watching the person go through what they're going through, guess what? Now you have an advocate because they can tell you how they got through it. So even how you go through it is going to be different now. So when I think about rejection, I think about the people that are going to come after me. And I'm able to say my experience. Not what I would do if I were you, but this is what I did when I faced the same situation as you. This is how I handled toxicity. This is how I handled rejection. This is how I handled lies. This is how I handled blackballing. This is how I handled all of that with a smile. Once you go through it, then you're able to testify of how you overcame it. I had spoken a few days back about having a testimony. In order for you to have a testimony, you must be tested. Now, a lot of times we don't want to be tested. We just want to arrive because the test part is the part that is like, oh my goodness, you mean I really got to study for this? So what I've learned to do is take rejection as a course. <laughs> a course. Imagine that. So you're taking a course of rejection And while you're taking this course of rejection, you get tested and you can pass those tests, honey, or you can fail those tests. It's really up to you. How you take the test is what God is looking at. God is not looking at necessarily a pass or a fail because he understands we're all human. But I believe that he's looking at how are you prepping for the test? How are you preparing for rejection? And after you get the news of being rejected, how are you preparing yourself for that news? How are you operating after you're rejected? Are you resentful? Are you retaliate? Or do you retaliate? Or do you continue to operate in the gifts and the talents that I have blessed you with? Because remember, you're not working unto man, you're working as unto me. So what are you doing with your talents? What are you doing with the gifts that I've given you? How are you operating when someone really thinks that they're winning? But you and I know the truth. You are always victorious of me. So how are you operating when they're like, oh, no, we didn't choose you. Oh, no, you don't fit the mold. Oh, no, you are not the perfect fit for this. Oh, no, we found someone else. Oh, no, we don't want you here. How are you handling that? Are you giving the side eye? Are you praying for your enemies? Are you rejoicing in the Lord because he is your strength? Are you celebrating all of the yeses? Because man's no is God's yes. So I literally... Have been in a position to not only be challenged in this arena, but to pay attention to how it is that I handle rejection. How do you handle rejection? Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go way back. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that everything that I've ever done in my past life literally did not come back and bite me on the behind. But there have been times that when I operated in rejection, honey, I was volatile. I was so volatile. I remember being pregnant with child and having an altercation with my child's father and he not wanting to come home pretty much. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it boiled down to. And I became so volatile. And you know why? Because I was being rejected and I didn't know how to handle rejection at that time. See, when you come through a situation where you didn't have the best of best childhoods, what happens is a lot of times it will bleed into your adult life if you allow it to, if you don't get the therapy, if you don't get the counseling, if you don't learn how to process hurt, if you don't know how to process trauma, if you don't learn how to process trauma, then it will start to bleed in other areas of your life. And so because so many traumatic things had happened to me in my childhood, yes, I was molested by cousins. Yes, I was raped by boyfriends. And so what ended up happening is that, and for those of you that are like, how are you raped by boyfriends? No means no, period. No means no. And not the playful no. Stop it. No, I'm not talking about that. The no. Get off of me. I don't want to do this. There's a difference. But no means no. That's the safest way to just look at it. If you get told no, get up, get out, get away. That's the safest way to look at it. Okay, I digress. But I um, literally... I literally lost my train of thought. (laughs) That's what I just did. I literally lost my train of thought thinking about that. Yes, I went there. I went there. But one of the things that I, that when it comes to rejection is that because I didn't know how to process it, because I didn't know that it was okay to be rejected, that there was a sense of protection by being rejected, you know. I'm gonna go a little deep. And I, I've been told this, the girl, you'd be going so deep. I go deep on purpose because there's a lot of people that just refuse to do that. So hey, that's my lane. But um imagine, imagine with me, you see this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous person, and you're like, man, man, it would be lovely to date this person. And you Do everything you can to pursue this individual. And they keep rejecting you. And as they're rejecting you, you're like, why do they keep rejecting me? I don't understand. I don't understand why they keep on rejecting me. Later on, you find out they have a terminal illness. What they were trying to do is spare you. From having to go through. That with them. What they were trying to do. Is spare you. The heartache. And the heartbreak. Yes it's going to hurt you a little bit. When you hear. That they're dying. But imagine if. You would have been in that relationship with them. And. They tell you that they're dying. It hits a little different. So. That rejection was actually your protection so that you wouldn't have to go through the grieving process in a different light. Because now you're intertwined with this individual and now you can't imagine living life without them. It hits different. Let's say you do go for, I'm changing gears, another scenario. So let's say that you are going up for a promotion. You don't know three years from now, there's going to be a massive layoff. And the position that you are going for is one of the names on that list. And so you are like, man, I didn't get the position. Fast forward three years. So we had to let all these people go, but you still got your job because all of the people that were on the list, it included names of the people that got those promotions, but you still got your job because they went for the highest paying ranks first, but you still got your job. It's all in how you look at rejection. Rejection truly is, I believe, God's protection. And it's for your protection. It's for your protection. See, a lot of times we get caught up in the, but why God? Why are you allowing this? Why is this happening to me? And it may literally be because he wants to make sure that he guards your heart. Maybe you've dropped the ball in guarding your heart. Maybe you've allowed the wrong people in Maybe you've let your guard down and didn't even realize that you were letting your guard down. And so you were about to get into an entanglement with the devil. And he was like, oh, I got to block this because right now you're pure. But if you cross over here, you might be selling your soul to the enemy. I got to keep you protected. I got to make sure that you don't fall in the same traps of the people that have sold their souls to the devil. That'll do just about anything to make sure they stay on payroll. Rejection is God's protection. So when you think about being rejected... And I'm just giving you scenarios. I'm not saying that this is the end all to be all. Some people take things so literally and so personally. Learn to listen to the heart and the situation. I don't know who that was for. But it literally is God's protection. And that's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to say thank you. That's a reason to be grateful. That's a reason to celebrate. You're protecting me? And not, I mean, you could ask. I, I don't, he might not tell you, but you know, you could say, well, Lord, what are you protecting me from? He don't have to tell you. You can ask though. But the mere fact that he's protecting you at all, that's enough reason for me to say glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Had it not been for you who was on my side, I don't want to imagine where I would be. See, if I'm trying to stay pure in your sight, if I'm trying to make sure that I walk a righteous path, not be self-righteous, but walk a righteous path, then I've got to accept whatever it is that you allow in my life. And not to be resentful toward people that think that they're really hurting you, <laughs> but God is using them to bless you. See, sometimes people don't even realize that they're being a blessing while they think that they're putting a curse on you. They, some You'll catch that later. Sometimes people really don't, re, they don't even realize that they're being used to be a blessing to you while they think they're cursing you. See, because what God blesses, no man could curse. You're blessed beyond measure. You just got to you gotta g- grab hold of it. You're blessed beyond measure. Did you not wake up today? In your clothed, in your right mind, honey. Clothed in your right mind. Do you have food in the refrigerator? And let's say you don't. Do you know where to get some? Do you know who you can call to get some? Do you know where to go to get some? Blessed to have food in your belly, to have access to food. Blessed to be able To wake up. Do you know how many souls did not wake up on this day? Do you know how many people who did not see the light of day that would love to trade places with you? You are blessed and highly favored if you are hearing the sound of my voice. You are still here. That is a reason to rejoice. Why get caught up in rejection? Why give it so much power? Why not turn rejection into rejoicing? Know always that God's thoughts toward you are good. They are pure. To bring you to a hopeful, prosperous end. And sometimes the well has to run dry in order for you to see, oh, I need to be over there because that's where my promised land is. The well has ran dry over here for a reason because my promise is over there. And sometimes God just doesn't want us to get complacent in the current position that we're in. So he'll force us to see things differently so that we can look in the direction that he's trying to get us from. He'll guide us in that direction. For those of you that that can't handle the word force, he will guide us in that direction so that we can look over there to the hills from which cometh our help. Because our help does come from the Lord and he will show us. This is where I want you to direct your attention. Forget this over here. Remember we talked about Laban. And remember how I had shared how Laban, that for those of you that listen to the episodes on a regular basis, Laban did this thing with Jacob. He kept using Jacob. And he kept using Jacob because Jacob was bringing him fulfillment as well as prosperity, Now, Jacob recognized what Laban was doing and tried to bargain with Laban to make it where he could also prosper and get away from that stronghold of Laban. Because he recognized that the way Laban was operating. See, if I let you do this to me, you'll be doing this for me and keeping me in this position for 10, 15 years so that you can benefit and you can feel like you got that foot on my neck. So what laban literally tried to do but rachel got in the way so laban was operating with witchcraft and sorcery and rachel went ahead and took all those little idols and hit them because she you know recognized now she paid for it later but she had the best of intentions it just wasn't communicated properly to her husband and so there was a repercussion for that but in the course of Laban trying to hold Jacob down, Jacob recognized he picked up on it. He did something about it. Even when you're being rejected, notice when Jacob was being rejected, he got rejected also. Notice how Jacob wanted Rachel. And so he worked for Rachel for seven years. He worked for her for seven years And then the night that he was supposed to consummate his marriage, he ended up consummating a marriage with Leah. That was being, that was Laban rejecting his request for Rachel initially. Then he had to work seven more years to gain Rachel's hand in marriage. So imagine that. Imagine him being rejected. Now, if he would have handled that rejection, As, well, Leah, you're what I got. Come on, let's go, girl. He would have never got the prize. His prize was Rachel. But he worked seven more years, most likely harder than he did for the first seven, to make sure that he secured his marriage with Rachel. How do you handle rejection? It's just something to think about. You don't have to have the answers right now immediately, but it's something to ponder. It's something to truly think about. How do I handle rejection? Am I looking at it as God's protection or am I taking it so personally? And if I am taking it personally, why am I taking it personally? Because you know what else? Sometimes God is rejecting it because God already knows your heart. You don't really want this, you don't really want to be bothered. God knows his children, honey. So sometimes he's just protecting you because he's just like, child, you don't really want this. You don't even want to be bothered with these folks. You really don't. Let's quit playing. Go going to do what you need to do so you can move around. That's all I'm saying. Just be mindful. Be mindful. So this is going to conclude my episode on this evening. However... Whether it is morning, evening, I'm sorry, it's morning for me, it's evening for you, it might be afternoon for you, depending on when it is that you hear this episode. You know, isn't that something where you start losing track of time, child, when all the days start running into each other, you no longer know if you just woke up or if you just now go to bed. That is crazy. But that seems to be the life that we're living right now. Everything is just running into itself. I don't understand, Lord. (laughs) But yeah, so be encouraged. Is it easy to deal with rejection? Not at all, honey. But can you? Yes, you can. I believe in you. You can deal with it. You can handle it. You can overcome it. And you know what I've learned how to do? And I love, I love God for this. Remember I told you in the beginning that there was a task that we were given about how many times you could be told no. Honey, in my current, at my current employer... When I was working in one of the departments, I was rejected five times. And it got to the point that I was like, y'all could take this job and shove it. And then someone approached me and said, hey, here's a position that has your name written all over it. And I didn't want to apply. And she was like, I think you should. And I was like, no, I'm good. She's like, I think you really should apply. So I went ahead and followed her advice. I landed the promotion. What if I would have kept that attitude? Y'all can just take this job and shove it. Yes, it took me six times before I got a yes. But nevertheless, I got a yes. Fast forward, now we on time seven Applying for promotions. Same energy. Same energy. <laughs> yeah. But my my whole my whole attitude is so different now. Because now I'm at a point that I'm just like, rejection is God's protection. That's like my mantra right now. So I rejoice because I'm like, you protected me again. God, thank you. 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 Yes. You know, like I just now it's a different type of energy. It's like, thank you for protecting me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for protecting me. You know what your daughter needs and when I need it, you know, where you need to navigate me to get my greatest blessings you know who is for me and who is against me you show me on a regular basis thank you 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 sometimes you just gotta thank him thank him for having your back your front your top your sides thank him because had it not been for him There's no telling what traps you would fall into. There's no telling how it would hurt you or harm you if he wasn't for you. But because he is, he will protect you. Even when sometimes you're just like, I'm good. I don't need your protection with this, Lord. I got me. And he like, (laughs) okay, all right. Uh-huh, I'm going to let you have that moment, but I know better. And you do too. Learning how to just accept rejection and to embrace it. Todd got to the point now I'm graduating. Let me tell you what I do now. I celebrate. I celebrate rejection. Now, how many of us can really, truly say that? I just literally started doing that when he was just like, honey, we got we got some celebrating to do. Because sometimes what you got to do, you got to you literally have to when you see yourself like when God has shown you what he has predestined for your life when he has shown you the promises that he has for your life and when your situation doesn't look like what he has for you And you're like, wait a minute now. Now, I know I didn't have this dream that you didn't show me that I'm making 90% more than what I'm making when you give me a promotion. What do you mean, no? That's when God is like, but remember what I showed you. Their no is my yes. That's guiding you in the direction where you're supposed to be to get that 90%. It may not be right here, boo-boo. So you got to be willing to move around. You got to be willing to broaden your horizons, enlarge your territory, look further than here in front of you. You've got to be able to readjust your lenses. You've got to be able to readjust your mindset. There is something, Lord Jesus I pray that he does not Hold this against me, but because it's such a powerful statement, I am going to share it with the world, okay? This statement is from Sino Aguese, Pastor Sino Aguese, Bishop Sino Aguese. If y'all know who he is, give him a shout out tell him. I give him a shout out. He is the husband of Kelly Aguese. I follow their ministry, Warrior Nation. Look him up. So, this says, his. this is his statement. I am more convinced... That God's people need never to live at the mercy of a job or a person. To do that, we must have a major mental shift from working a job to owning multiple streams of income. That is from Sino Aguese. I am in 110% agreement with that. And so when you shift your mindset, when you start to realize that you're not at the mercy of a job, you're not at the mercy of a man or a woman, it changes the trajectory of how you begin to view rejection. You literally see God's protection because you start to understand you're ordering my steps, Lord. I thank you for ordering my steps. Didn't I ask you to order my steps? If I ask you to order my steps, that means when I almost slip or I almost fall off a cliff because I'm going in the wrong direction, you're going to push me back to save me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I hope this encourages someone. I know that I have been encouraged by it. I'm going to read a letter to my future hubby and it is dated July the 30th of 2021. Here it goes. Dear future hubby, how has life been treating you as of late? Have you ran into any roadblocks along the way? Have you suffered long? Are you getting through your storms triumphantly or barely? Last but not least, Have you experienced any form of rejection? Remember that famous saying, rejection is God's protection? It may not seem that way at the time, but time has taught me how to rejoice when rejected. As a matter of fact, at my current employer's, the place where I've been employed for well over six years, and the place where I've been in human resources for nearly five years, it appears that management wants me to remain in my current role. However, despite the fact that I've been denied from multiple promotions, I rejoice. Let me tell you why. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that one company's Passover is another company's purposed promise. And I am that purposed promise. Let me repeat that for the crowd in the back. One company's Passover is another company's purposed promise. And I am that purposed promise. So guess what I did this is the six or seventh time around. I took myself. And my youngest daughter out to eat. To celebrate our new beginnings. Some people say, God blocked those promotions, girl. Others say, God has greater in store for you, girl. I say, God is the one who does the promoting. Not man. And if those doors are shutting, God is directing me Above and beyond because his plans for me are always and will be perfect. Isn't it funny how some people truly believe that they have the final say? (laughs) Isn't it funny how some people truly believe that if they apply pressure long enough, they can get, they can break you. Honey, God created me, not man. Maybe this is why I handle rejection differently, because I understand that man's no is God's yes. Be encouraged. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that this has blessed someone. This is going to conclude my episode on today. And please do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.